The following conversation was recorded prior to the actor's strike. I haven't acted for, it's been like seven months now. It really makes me insane. I don't know if I knew this in our many, many conversations, but I take it you are a bit of a gamer. I mean, I think because I've hid it for so long and I've only recently come out. <laughs> I've only recently. Say it loud, say it proud. I think I'm swinging for the fences, I'm working. It doesn't always work out in my favor, but I'm like going for it. Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, I'm Josh Horowitz, and we've got the return of one of our favorites. He's been Santa, a hellboy. He's a human meme factory, thanks to his stellar work on Stranger Things. He's even let me into his bed, but this is a family show, so we're not going to talk about that right now. It's the star of Gran Turismo. It's the one and only David Harbour. Hey. Hey, David. <laughs> What's up, Josh? <laughs> it's nice to see you. It's good to see you, buddy. How are you doing? I feel like you've gotten so big now. It's like I'm, I can't believe I'm still able to come on your show. I mean, I saw you on the steps of wherever with Tom Cruise just yucking <laughs> it up. And I was like, yeah, There was Whoa. a lot of yucks. So many yucks <laughs> on the Spanish steps. No, I reserve time for the, for the people that got me where I am. Hey, um, bravo, bravo. Um, it's good to catch up, man. Uh, I take it you're in the UK now. You're look, we're, we're in a weird time. We're in a weird time just for folks that, that uh, for clarity's sake, we're taping this a little early because we don't know what's going to happen with the strike and everything. Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, look, an, an actor's life um, is such that you don't have control of your own schedule, but this more so than ever. Do you, do you ever get used to that where it's like stuff is pushed, stuff is pushed up and back and forward and whatever? Like you don't really have the ability to stop and start on your own dime yeah i never get used to it i'm a real control freak and it uh makes me it infuriates me uh this uh and this one in particular has been difficult because both my projects got um pushed indefinitely as a result of the writer strike um and you know i'm somebody who I got into acting because I needed to act like and I haven't acted for it's been like seven months now and I, it really makes me insane like I start to lose you know it's really important for me to have that expression to have that relationship to the world and so to have it put on hold like this has been has been awful I think it's been awful for a lot of people because, yeah. you know, creativity is just a, an impulse that everybody needs to do. And I, I just think it's been awful. I mean, I know it's been awful for the writers and it's been awful for all of us, you know, involved in these projects that have gotten pushed. If you want to, you know, act, uh, you know, use your acting muscles for the next 40 minutes to play like the, the ornery <laughs> out of work actor, that's there's your role. I've given you an assignment. Maybe I will, Josh. Maybe I will. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, I want to congratulate you. I saw the movie last night. It's fantastic. I mean, Tom Hanks always talks about like movies being binaries. They either work or they don't work. And I don't know if I always subscribe to that, but I, I thought of that when I was watching this. Like five minutes in, I'm like, oh, this is working. And it, then it's just then it's just like, oh, is it going to keep working? Is it going to work till the end? And it did. It's really satisfying. Wow. It's like we're the same person. I had that same exact response because, you know, you're shooting it and it was a wild 
it, you feel like you're getting something, but it was a wild shoot in so many ways, which we can get into. But when you sit down to watch a screening of it, it's always so terrifying the first three minutes to me. Because you know that you could either like think like, oh, my performance will be okay, but I'm gonna have to like slog through this thing. Or, or you feel like you're taken care of. And there's something about this first, it's even just the first shot of the um, guy on the, on the road, like squatted down looking and the out of fo depth of focus being, and you're just like the shaky camera, a little bit in the sound, you hear the wind yep. and you're like, ooh, I'm with, I'm with a filmmaker. Like I'm doing a video game movie, but I'm making it with a filmmaker. And, it, and then, yeah. you know, the titles come on and you're like, oh, we're in for a ride. And then it becomes, yeah, like they're like, and I, I do compare it to your, you know, your new guy that you love, Tom Cruise. I compare it a little bit to Top Gun Maverick in that sense of like, it has the ebbs and flows of an old school type movie where there are moments of you know, stretches of kind of downtime that, that, and then these arcs that go up real big. And I was like, are we gonna be able to pay off? Because we have like, there's like two big arcs. And then the final, the final push, are we gonna be able to sustain that euphoria or are you gonna be bored with this by right. that point? And it really does stick the landing in that way. And so, yeah, you're right. It was yeah. the experience where like, is it gonna be okay? Yes, you're gonna be okay. And then is it gonna sustain? And it does. For those that don't know, they might know that the title sounds familiar. And I'll confess, for, for months when I heard about this, I didn't know what the hell this was until, like, recently. So it, it is not an adaptation of the game. It is actually an adaptation of an amazing true story of a young man who was excellent at the game and became an actual driver, um, which is it, too insane to believe. My shorthand uh, to date myself is it's uh, The Last Starfighter Meets Days of Thunder. Um, yes, that's perfect. <laughs> So, and this, as you said, this kind of like, it, it, it's really satisfying because it is, it, look, it, I'm not saying this is a backhanded compliment. They're very familiar tropes to this. This yeah. is a familiar kind of story, but it's not often done well. And like, even your character, it's like, you know, I, I've seen that type of character and I love that type of character. I love that mentor, that kind of like um, damaged with a past men mentor who kind of like is pulled in. Um do you immediately go to like, I don't know, whether it's, you know, Duvall in Days of Thunder or Hackman and Hoosiers? Like, are you thinking coaches and managers and that kind of thing? Yeah, certainly Hackman and Hoosiers is like kind of the, the you know, the yeah. North Star. Uh, but a lot of it is you have to sort of make it fresh and make it your own in a way. I think that the important thing about those characters is not only that they have a past, but that even in the scenes where they're being tough, that they have many layers to them. And I think what was so interesting about the script when I started to read it was that this Jack character is so specifically one note about not wanting to do this, not wanting to do this, it's stupid, it's ridiculous, right, right from the top, that I knew that he wanted to do it desperately. Like, right. there's something where people are like, I'm not like, getting married. The lady never... doth protest too much yeah, a little I bit. I mean, it's yeah. like Beatrice and Benedict. It's like, I'm never getting married. And it's like, at the end of the play, you're going to be married. And and that, that to me, is the 
id and the ego just battling constantly. It's this layered human being that um, I, I don't know that is that in vogue anymore. We we view people kind of differently now that they are what they say or something. And right. I find that people are a lot more nuanced and layered than what they appear to be. And that uh, if you crack them open in different ways, you'll see different things. And so that was, there was an opportunity here to have that trope, but to also have, you know, that trope be personal to me and to what I like in film characters and what I want to see more of in film characters. And I'm also a sucker. Look, we were just referencing Hackman. I always think back to that Hoosier's character. There's all these like references to like the past. Like there's a lived life and there isn't to, to Jack's character too that has happened way before this that we don't get all the details, but we get enough. It just like hints at enough. And for you, you probably, you know, you know what you need to know. And for the audience, it almost like invites, it, it ignites that imagination about like what that other story was. Yes, yes. You get like, you know, broad primary colors of it, but you don't know quite the ins and outs. And you also get yeah. some of the, um, you know, some of the things that come along with it. I mean, it's funny how much work I did on this guy that doesn't quite get expressed. Like, there was, there's something that um, they initially, it had initially been written as more of a country type guy, but he was into mm -hmm. Axl Rose. He was into Guns N' Roses, I think. In the and in our version, he's into Black Sabbath. Um, and Neil and I talked about it, and even the costume was very like it had sort of like a southerny sort of John Varvatos quality to it. And I was like, I want him to wear, I want him to wear these Izod type shirts or you know, um, but I want him to button them all the way up. Um, it's almost like he has scars or tattoos that he can't show. He's sort of of the world of the chief engineer, which is like, you know, Rolexes or Tag Howers and like, you know, sport coats, kind of European-ish moneyed world. But at the same time, there's an embarrassment there to who he is internally. Um, right. So there's, and then he listens to Black Sabbath. So his escape and his release is this like crazy metal, like as opposed to something more. And so all those things were very important to me in terms of that past that we don't know about and that I don't want right. you to know too much about, but I want you to know how it's manifested in this particular world and what can't be expressed. I don't know if I knew this in our many, many conversations, but I take it you are or have been a bit of a gamer. Like, that's actually oh, yeah. something that's... I mean, I, I think because we... I've hid it for so long. <laughs> and I've <laughs> only recently come out. <laughs> I've only recently... Say it loud. Say it proud. I know. Okay, so tell that's me this. the thing. I'm what? not... I'm not... Re but uh, the response has been phenomenal. Um, the <laughs> Yes, I have been my whole life. I mean, I was like... I think I was like... Uh, seven years old, and my parents got me an Odyssey Two system, which you don't even—you're too like young no, to even know what it I don't was. Know that. Yeah. Okay, so like I'm, I'm a Master System guy. I'm a Atari, oh yeah, yeah. See, this is like, like this was like even pre-Atari, like ColecoVision, all these, right. and it it began a lifelong love affair, much to the detriment of my concentration, my homework, <laughs> sometimes my relationships. 
um, this obsession with this incredible, like, fantasy world that you can go into in those things. But I've always been, I'm very much an RPG type guy. Like, I really yeah. like fetishing out on gear and attributes and, you know, affixes and all, to make yourself a little more powerful to kill the monster. Um, and I like, you know, fantasy ideas like, you know, the druid or the sorcerer, whoever it is. Like, I like those tropes. Because, you know, Lord of the Rings and all that stuff is uh, is part of my film life. And it's also part of my video game life as well. Do you rope in friends and co-stars? Like, have you played... Winona Ryder has never played a video game in her life. I can't imagine. Like, uh, do, do you do you broach that subject? Hey, you want to hang in my trailer? Can you imagine her with a controller? Diablo like, me and her yeah. in my trailer? Like, Winona, come on! Come on, catch up! Like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, no. You know... No, that's a I... devil in the machine. She'd be like, what is this devil in my... <laughs> exactly. Be so confused and and uh, yeah, I know it's always been such a private thing for me. I don't really want to share it. I mean, it's like, and it really is my world that I go into. I used to like, you know, like almost twenty years ago, I played World of Warcraft pretty hard for a while, um, and I had all these. Uh, guy you know people that I played with online but you go by your character name and they go by their character so you don't have any it's an entirely simulated experience um and i find that like i hate i'm i'm starting to hate the simulation or the technological world in real life like i'm kind of dropping the iphone like i'm trying to get back into right. the fact that like when I take the subway, I know where I'm going. I'm not just following a blue line on Google Maps. Like stuff like that, I do not want to be involved in. So that when I go to my fantasy world, I sit down in my comfy chair, I log in, I hook up. I'm in, I'm involved with all kinds of people that aren't real, even in real life, and I go with them. But I don't really want to sit next to Finn Wolfhard and play with him. As much as I think that would be what kind of entertaining, I can't really get into the game if I know that, like, you know. It's going to take you out of it. Yeah, you take me out of the whole, my old fantasy world where I'm a powerful warrior who. <laughs> no. Those kids will cut you down to size metaphorically exactly. and literally. Uh, and you don't need that. You're making me feel bad. Stop it. Again, I don't know if this has come up in our conversations. You know, I don't know how to drive, David. So if you're willing to teach me at this point oh, in my wow. life. Wow. Are you a New York City kid? Yeah. yeah. I had a friend who was a New York City kid. I went to college. <laughs> I with. know one of those. Yeah. And she didn't know how to drive either. And I was like, how do you not? Because I was a suburbs kid. And right. literally by the time you hit 15, because you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't take your girlfriend to the mall to see a movie without your right. dad driving you guys. And that is humiliating. So all you do is wait for your license, practice, practice, practice. And then the day you can get your license, you're driving. But yeah, you city kids, just get on the subway, walk around, whatever you want to do. Uh, yeah, I will teach you to drive, but only if we start at the hardest level. Only if we start with a stick shift. 
I want to. I want you with a clutch. I want you in a parking lot, stripping the gears. I want you stalling out. I want you okay. almost hitting other. Yes, this is this oh, would great. be okay. What a great new mini reality. We're show going we've to. We're going to White Plains, and we're going to do this. <laughs> so okay, the talk to me a little bit about where you are at. Oh, actually, here's what I wanted to, before we move on to video games. You also you have Alone in the Dark that I wanted to mention. Yes, which. Um, I'm very excited because I adore everybody should adore Jody Comer. Um, yeah, did you I mean, get to work with Jody on Alone in the Dark? Not no? at all. <laughs> yeah. And it was so not. yeah, it was so tragic that I didn't. Um, I'm really curious to see how it turned out. That whole franchise is such a wacky franchise. And I'll tell you another dorky thing I do is sometimes I'll watch old playthroughs or speed runs of video games from the 80s or 90s, you know, like King's Quest, like a playthrough of King's Quest, Quest, right? Or like Space Quest, all those uh, Williams. The Don Bluth. uh... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, they're alone in the dark has been through such various iterations of, and they've been terrible. Like in the past, they went through a period where they were really like weird games that didn't make any sense. And so it's really fun to like reboot something weird and risky like that. So when I heard it was like Jody and me, like it's super cool. But yeah, I didn't get to work with her at all. It was just me and some dots on my face in a room, like, you know. Had you done the performance capture thing before? How uh, was it? No, I've never done it before. It's interesting. It wasn't full performance capture, which okay. scares me a little bit because it was my facial expressions, but I don't get to tell you what I'm doing with my body. So if you're playing the game and you think the character's doing something stupid with their hands, that <laughs> wasn't not, not my David, choice. That's choice. some no. video game designer thinking that human beings move that way. Um, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but there are ways that they do it that's full on. Like I think that, um, uh, I think it's Corey Balrog who does those God of War games. I think he does okay. like full on blue screen studios, actors moving around, grabbing things. and well. So I've been sort of fascinated by that aspect of it. And if I can carve out a little time, I'd like to do one of those that's more involved where you actually get to, you know. But this was, um, it was limited in its scope. Uh, and it was, it was fun to do, it was fun to be a part of that. But it wasn't quite full. It wasn't full born in that. Gotcha. Way. So okay, let, let's take a moment to take stock on the David Harbor career. In in the, it feels like it's like I don't know about you. I feel like it's like Stranger Things started fifteen years ago. It was like seven, eight years ago. It's not, like, <laughs> it's like not that, that long ago. It does feel since like it's then. Hundred years ago, you have capitalized on your amazing um, success with I think six films now. Okay. So we have we have Hellboy, Extraction, No Sudden Move, Black Widow, Violent Night. Gran Turismo. Wow. I think that's a pretty good batting average. How do you how do you feel in terms of like taking advantage of the opportunities and and leveling up in terms of like the kind of things you wanted to do? Um give me a little self-assessment. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think that you have to um, you know, I, I one thing I'm proud of is like I do think I'm swinging. Like I think I'm swinging for the fences, I'm working. <laughs> it doesn't always work out in my favor, but I've uh I'm like going for it. And I and I do think that the past couple years have have amped up in a an exciting way for me. Um I've also got stuff that 
you know, I've started to be able to develop stuff that I like and find out what my taste really is. Uh, and, you know, I like stuff that's wacky, that has a real grounded heart to it, real complex characters, but that also has a layer of wackiness to it. Right. Um, there's something about, you know, there's something about Violent Night that was very appealing in that way. It was like, you have this grounded Christmas movie with this heart, and then you have this like insane violence. Or even this, this Gran Turismo, where you have this sports movie, but it's wrapped up with like a guy in a video game. Because I do feel like the modern world, like I'm a big fan of the films of the 70s and the 80s. Um, I think, you know, a movie like Taxi Driver, sort of can't be beat in terms of character and in terms of your relationship to a protagonist and what it makes you think and what it makes you feel. But I don't feel like you can make Taxi Driver today unless you have a bear on cocaine running around in between scenes. And I think... Right. Or, or that's why there's a movie called Joker, which was essentially Taxi Driver. Yes. And the only way to make Taxi Driver is if you is have... Is to Joker put a superhero in the middle of it. Yes. That's exactly right. And so I think that, because um, there's sort of a post-capitalist Dada-esque quality to our civilization now, where we can't quite ground ourselves when we go into a movie theater. We need a little bit of like uh, right. sparkles or something. And I, and I, yeah. I think that's interesting. I want to kind of go into that and find that more and more. Um, and I've been pleased with how that's been, you know, falling out as I go further and further. And some of the stuff that I'm developing now has has that aesthetic. But I'd like to get to a place where, you know, it's not, I hate, I hate to use the word brand, but I, I like the word aesthetic. Like when you go to see a David Harbour movie, you know that you're gonna be, uh, you know that you're gonna be surprised. <laughs> like, you know that you're gonna be like, what is going on? And also moved. Uh, yes. I'd like to make that 70s movie that is moving, that is complex, but that also, you know, occasionally you see that bear on cocaine and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> I can attest to these interests from personal experience. <laughs> um, the So before before you follow your wacky muse on some of these other things, um, yeah, as we said, a couple projects are kind of out in the ether because of the strike and other things. So Stranger Things obviously is going to be a huge undertaking. Um, are, you in, are you talking to the Duffers a lot? Like before this all happened, like had you seen any scripts? Like how far along were you into about like diving into... Hopper again. Yeah, before the strike, we were sent scripts. Um, they're terrific, as per usual. Uh, they continue to outdo themselves. These currently on strike writers called the Duffer Brothers. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's a hell of an undertaking too. I mean, the set pieces and the things in the scripts that we saw are bigger than anything we've done in the past. Um, you gotta imagine like where it starts, you know, after where season four ended, when you watch us on that hill, looking at the, you know, ash and these smoke fire, you know, and we're gonna start somewhere after that. So you gotta imagine that the world is a different place. Um, and, you know, it's great. It'll take a while to shoot. Um, 
which will be tough uh, since we can't get started yet. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm excited to go back. I'm excited to wrap it up in a bold, amazing way. I'm excited to, you know, really swing with this character because you know that they're going to pay off these OG characters, Eleven, Hopper, Joyce, Will, Mike, you know, they're going to pay them off in big ways because they've lived with you for the past eight years. So have you read the final script then? Have you read uh, the ending? I have not, but okay. I know what it is. <laughs> like I know where, it, where we right. net out and it's uh, very, very moving. That is the term um, I will use. That is okay. the one word I will use is moving. Um, I think Winona's in your neck of the woods making Beetlejuice. So you're going to you drop by set? Oh, my God. What, is that what... shooting in, in England? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now you're giving me ideas. <laughs> I mean, what, do you, what else are you doing with your downtime? Go say hi. Agreed. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing Zoom <laughs> interviews with you. That's it. But that's do it. Better. But yeah. that's it. <laughs> Um, well, oh, another, um, thing I'm very intrigued by is Creature Commandos, I wanted to mention, uh, which, yes. so did you know James Gunn? Was this out of the blue? Did no. you meet with James? Did out he of come the blue. to you? He, what happened? He sent, I think they sent an offer for it. And then I was like, what is this? I think I said like, what is this? I want to meet with James Gunn to make sure this is like something he cares about and something that's real before I even read this thing. Cause you know, you think it's a cartoon, it's for DC, you're like, what is this? Right. And he was like, yeah, let's meet real, you know, and, and he was really excited about it. He thinks it's one of the best things he's ever written. Um, it's, it's kind of amazing. Uh, I think it's been announced who I play, right? Yeah, you're Eric Frankenstein, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have some Frankenstein experience. This was meant to be. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's a very interesting <laughs> take on Frankenstein because it's one of the great things about Frankenstein is he was sort of raised to be this erudite, you know, model of a man. And he still has this weird inhuman rage and confusion within him. So it was a great character to play. It's very funny. Um, and James is just like such an incredible guy. I've always wanted to work for him. And I suppose in terms of building this universe, there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, these characters to be all sorts of different iterations. There might be a live thing. There might be a cartoon. There might be whatever. Well, that's one of the cool things he said is that the way he's casting all these projects is like if you're doing animated and they do live action version, Guess what? I'm seeing Eric Frankenstein in my Zoom right now. So, so that's been discussed. Like, if, well, if and some when this version ever... of Eric Frankenstein, less less beard, maybe. <laughs> that's cool, though. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, and you know, you think about, yeah, like what he's done with that Guardians thing, what he does with character, uh, what he does with different action sequences. It's just exciting to be a part of that thing with someone starting this thing and someone with such a creative brain. Um, yeah, it's great. And the recording, we, you know, we did a bunch of them and they're, uh, it was funny as hell. I mean, it's, we were dying in the room and I'm normally pretty serious. I don't really mess. And we were dying. I mean, it's, his, it's, uh, it's outrageous. 
I can't wait for you to see it. I can't wait for you to see it. last time I caught up with you in person actually was coming out of the Guardian screening. You probably got some good brownie points with the kids <laughs> taking them to see that one. Yeah, yeah they, uh, they very much enjoyed that movie. Not as many brownie points as I got taking the stepdaughter to Taylor Swift, though. Talk about points. I saw points. that the other day. Talk about Dude. points, man. <laughs> How many favors do you have to call in? Did I mean, you get the meet and greet? Did honestly, you, like a lot of favors. You got to call in a lot of favors. You know, normally... Like, the great thing about being uh, a beloved character on Stranger Things is I can call up Madison Square Garden and get courtside to the Knicks. But, man, to go see Taylor Swift, it's like, it's like, you know, the amount of... (laughs) So, it it was pretty extraordinary, though. We we went to Minneapolis because it was the only weekend we could go see it. Uh, and I love Minneapolis. I love the people in Minneapolis. It's a real music town too, like Prince, and you know people are sure. really there to see the concert as opposed to like Instagram the concert. So it was like a perfect place to see it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm not betraying anything. My daughter won't listen to this. <laughs> it uh, it it was extraordinary because I did say as we went in, I said something like, you know, if there's an opportunity to say hello, like, but I'm also very, I'm also very conscious because people, a lot of times people want to meet me and it's, and it can be very difficult. So I wanted to make them, I was like, please, you know. Yes. And they said, she's leaving on a plane right after this concert. And I was like, oh, then, you know, and we sat there for about 30 minutes of the opener. And then a woman came out with a letter and uh, it was, uh, you know, addressed to me and my stepdaughter and it was a handwritten letter on a particular stationery and it was like uh i've never seen my my stepdaughter speechless <laughs> yeah it was like that's I the mean, willy wonka ticket that's the that's... and she did say in the letter at one point i'm gonna i'll give you a wave from the stage and at one point like during the beginning of one of her numbers she did turn to our little booth and like, Stop. and my daughter just like, you know, I mean, Amazing. she's a force of nature. I had, I really didn't have any idea because it's not really my, you know, my, my thing was like Madonna. Like when you're a kid, music is so, and like, I saw a Madonna concert. I saw a Guns N' Roses concert. Like I saw, yeah. but seeing now you're, her now perform. Now you're a Swifty. Now you are. Yeah. Seeing in. her perform for three and a half hours. It's. Was it that long? That's it's like, like forty-five level. songs. <laughs> it's I've never seen. She barely leaves the stage. I don't know when she pees. It's ridiculous. She's a force of nature. Amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, for a guy that's not working, you have a lot of things to talk about coming up. So Thunderbolts, which obviously again is kind of in the ether right now. Um, where are we at? Like, are you in? Again, is that in your head right now? Do you have a script to work off of? Or yeah. like wh- how how excited or what are you thinking about Thunderbolts at this point right yeah, now? Yeah, I mean, we were, I think, going to go. And then I think they did want the opportunity to change some stuff. The interesting thing about Marvel that's so great about them is they, they do rework stuff. Even big productions. Like Black Widow, the entire third act was reworked as we were shooting. And which is incredible. And so they just want that freedom. The script we have is really tight and really great. And our director, Jake, 
thinks it's great, but they just want the freedom. They don't want to be stuck in the middle of a shoot and then having to go like, you know, we can't rewrite this. Um, and Do you yeah, have a good handle on where Red Guardian is? And are you happy with kind yes, of the role he plays in that I started working on it already. And it's, you know, it's like phenomenal. It's hard. Again, it's like hard to talk about these projects because I sound like such a dumb idiot. Because all I say <laughs> is like, that's great. Script is great. But it's true. Like I'm blessed <laughs> to work with like the Duffers who write some of the greatest scripts on television. And this you know, these Marvel writers who are writing incredible epic stories and they're, you know, letting the Red Guardian do stuff that he's never done before. Uh, that relationship with Yelena is, um, is like, we get to go into that more and it's, you know, funny and satisfying in a real emotional way. Yeah, it's just, I'm just really blessed with these two amazing projects that aren't shooting. <laughs> I just hope you get a scene with Harrison. I just want to see you and Harrison Ford mix it up a little. Me too. <laughs> All right. Let, let's end with the happy, sad, confused, profoundly random questionnaire. Some random questions for you, David, oh, that hopefully it. we haven't covered before. I love it. Uh, what do you collect? Do you collect anything? <laughs> uh, I do collect. Uh, oh, God. I just <laughs> confessed to you the like video game thing. I do collect Warhammer like figurines. <laughs> yeah. You and you and Henry Cavill. I you're know, in good company. I know. I didn't even get there <laughs> first. Henry Cavill got there first. <laughs> you guys should compare Warhammer figurines and the internet <laughs> would just implode. <laughs> that sounds uh wrong in so many ways. What, but okay. What's <laughs> what's the wallpaper on your phone? It sounds like you don't have the iPhone. Do you have the iPhone anymore or no? Uh I I just recently got it back just because I got to take a trip where I might need an Uber very quickly. Got it. But the, the wallpaper is my stepdaughters when they were uh, when they were very little, and it's uh, but it's also it's in black and white because I learned oh, how to turn my iPhone in black and white, so it's not as entertaining. <laughs> Soon you'll be rocking the, the flip phone. You're going backwards. I I was I had the flip phone for like four months. I love the flip phone. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go back. Uh, last actor you were mistaken for? <laughs> last actor I was mistaken for. Um, last actor I was mistaken for. Oh my god! Okay, this is hilarious. This was like five years ago or something. I was in a Best Buy. And somebody was like, oh my God, oh my God, I love the newsroom. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. And they okay. thought I was Jeff Daniels. They as the conversation went on, I really they thought I was Jeff Daniels. I was like, wow. so close. And then I texted Jeff. I was like, somebody just thought I was you. And he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's the worst note a director has ever given you? <laughs> Oh, God. I mean, it, it all sort of blends together in my mind. But it doesn't even have to be a specific yeah, one. It could be a it's general usually thing. just notes that are like, be funnier. They're like, just right. like funnier. Just like, can you do it like a little funnier, like a little lighter? Because usually when I'm very serious, I'm funny. But directors on set don't always see that. And so right. they'll be like, just a little funnier. And they always use the other take, but it's always the worst note. And I'm always like, this is going to, you're going to hate this, but I'll do it for you. Who, okay, when, 
uh, when you're texting somebody, when you're actually using your iPhone and, uh, uh, and and getting texts, what celebrity name drop for a second that pops up on your phone that you text still makes your brain explode? Like I know this person, I text with this human being. How is this my real life? I don't want her to know this, but I'll tell you as long as you promise not to tell her. Scarlett Johansson. She's like a good buddy. Like we hang out and everything. But every time it comes up, it's like Scarlett Johansson. You're just like, what? <laughs> she what? good texter? Emojis, gifts? Does she have a good texting game? Yeah, she's all right. But you know, like all of us, it's a little it can sometimes be a little coy. I mean, we're all busy and stuff too. So it'll be like, you know, like a day'll go by and then it you know, 7.30 in the morning, you'll get like a big block of text. Right. Like, oh, okay. Can't be more coy than the elusive Winona to use our, no, our, that our favorite. One, that one is like the block of text will come like three months later and it'll be like, you can't even read the whole thing. It'll be like all these references from old movies, days she's thought about you and why she thought about you, things she's seen you do, and her favorite Law & Order episode that you've done still. She loves dolls. Loves that episode. I love it. I did get, I got a random out of nowhere video from her involving Wallace Shawn. And I had, there was no context to it. And I, I was like, is this an error? Is this, what? No, anyway. it's purely, uh, it's for you. Um, what, okay. If you were to host a podcast, what would the topic be? <laughs> Have you contemplated, uh, do, uh, you're the last one. I remember we once talked about this. You were asking me about podcasts and I was, and this was like years ago. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see much money in it. And then like the next day, the smartless guys like sold their podcast for like a billion dollars. So. <laughs> I feel like everybody has a podcast now. I hate it. But, uh, but if I were to do a podcast, it would be on the, um, the, uh, the Banya. The Banya? Yeah. What's the Banya? The Banya is the uh, Russian, Ukrainian, Eastern European bathhouse. Oh, I see. Uh, that it, is like a you know, place where people commune and get together. And it would be, it. The, the podcast would probably be the Banya. And it would be like <laughs> me without a shirt. Like occasionally like, like feeling sweaty and then occasionally dipping myself in super cold water. Amazing. Not a metaphor again. Just, this is real. No, All right. Real. Finally, in, in honor of Happy Second Fused, actor that always makes you happy. Al Pacino. Movie that makes you sad. Um, terms of endearment. That's like that's kind of my go-to too. Yeah. Um, and finally, one. what food makes you confused? <laughs> um, uh, dal. Oh, the Indian like lentil is that what yes. that is? Like a yeah, like yellow okay. dal. Is it the color, consistency? Both. It's just confusing. It's not bad or good. It's just confusing. Hmm. That's lentils, huh? Hmm. Is it soup? Is it for old people? What? Oh, sure, I'll have some. All right. Well, get this man a bowl of doll. He's got a big day of press going. Um, congratulations, man. As I said, this movie really works. I was so I was so entertained. People are going to love it. Gran thank Turismo, you, you're thank excellent you. in it. Oh, they found like the only young actor that's taller than you. I was <laughs> amazed. <laughs> it is incredible. Watch some of those scenes. Watch me look up at him. I was like, this has never <laughs> happened in screen in the history of film. <laughs> I looked it up after. I'm like, what am I looking? What is this? <laughs> yeah, he's six five, six six. Yeah, yeah. He's super yeah, tall. You watch him fit into an LMP too. It's uh, hilarious.
<laughs> Amazing. Uh, honestly, everybody should check it out. I look forward to seeing you in person. Hopefully the strike ends soon and we can all get back to work. Um, it's good to see you, buddy, as always. Thank you, you too, man. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha